Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Jesus is speaking. He says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company. Everybody shout, keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Everybody shout amen. Please be seated. Tell somebody sitting next to you, just say, God says, come closer. It says, come closer. You know, the first uh, uh, vision pillar here that you hear us talking about all the time is that we're committed to reaching those who feel, everybody shout feel, far from God. Now we say feel because uh, we know that God is near to all of us, but we don't always feel it. When I was growing up and if you were going to reach out and invite somebody to consider a relationship with Jesus, inevitably you would uh, kind of ask them a question more or less like, are you lost? Everybody shout lost. Here in Silicon Valley in 2019, if you ask somebody, are you lost? They're going to say, uh, no. I know exactly where I am. And if I didn't, I just pull out my GPS then they're going to turn around and say, are you lost? <laughs> but if you would ask them, if you would ask perhaps the neighbor sitting next to you, if someone would ask you, are you close to God? That's a different kind of question, isn't it? While God is near us, it is also true that we are not always proactively near God. And we feel it. If the question would come to you, are you close to God? I, I suspect some of us would say, and by the way, it really doesn't matter whether you've been with God for 40 years or 50 years, or you don't even have a relationship with God. Oftentimes, the answer to that question is the same, no. Or at least, I'm not as close to God as I would like to be. And so it is to you, it is to us that God says through Jesus, come closer, come closer. Come closer. Even if you think you're close, Jesus is saying, you can get a little closer. So, some would say, I want to be closer to God. But, if you ask the question, do you want to be closer to God? The answer would be, yes, but. Say it with me. Say, yes, but. Some would say, yes, but I'm not good enough to be closer to God. You know, when I say that out loud, it just it doesn't, you know, I find it even hard to say, and yet I know that many people listening to me, that's exactly how you feel. 
You feel like you're not good enough to be close to God. And right now, when you say that, you're thinking about 20 different things you've done wrong, and you're thinking about your lifestyle, so forth and so on, and you're saying, no, I don't qualify. There are others who would say, yeah, but I'm not spiritual enough, or I'm not religious. Don't you have to be religious to be close to God, you would think? Someone is asking. I'm certainly not religious. And so you conclude God does not have you on his close list. And then there are some of us who are thinking, I would love to be close to God, but I'm not important enough. I mean, after all, God is the creator of the universe, and I I suspect God hangs out with important people. (laughs) Some of you are thinking, I'm too young, I'm a college kid, or I'm homeless. I don't have a lot of money, I'm part of the poor. I'm an immigrant. I'm not important enough for God. It is to all of us who are in the various crowds that Jesus speaks to today. He's, I told you last weekend when we read the, in Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, there's a huge crowd there. It's a diverse crowd. Jesus is speaking to a huge crowd here in chapter 11. And he's just finished praying. And he's turning around. He's speaking to all those who gathered. And it is as diverse as this crowd is here. There's some rich and some poor. All these different kinds of people. And it is to them. We know the kind of King James Version in which it says, Come to me, all of ye who are heavy laden and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. In other words, Jesus is saying, Come closer, come closer, come closer closer. To everybody, to the sinner, to the saint, to the rich person, to the poor, to the young person. He's saying, come closer, come closer. I want you to come closer, come closer. You mean, you mean with all my holes in my life? Yes, you, you, you. What, don't I have to get the holes out before I come? No, 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 no. You would never come. Just come like you are. And here's the wonderful thing. The closer you get to Jesus, it's amazing, miraculously, supernaturally, and naturally, our lives begin to change. We begin to heal. We begin to shine. And Jesus is saying to us today, come closer. Come closer. I like the way it's rendered here in the message. It's another way to get our attention. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out with religion? And for some of you, it's not religion, it's just life. Are you burned out with life? And then Jesus says, well, if you fit into those categories, come to me, come to me. Look look at what he says. He says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take, everybody shout, a real rest, rest. All right, now this first insight embedded in this portion of the text is really this notion of Sabbath. It's a wonderful notion for us to remember here in Silicon Valley where everything is running almost 24 hours a day. And what he's saying is if you want to get closer to me, you've got to build into your life some slowdown time. So here's my challenge for you. Uh, When you get, when this uh, gathering is over, maybe even before you go home, pull out your calendar and, and the Sabbath should happen on a weekly basis, but I want to challenge you. Pick one day a month. Can somebody shout monthly? monthly. One day a month that you're going to slow your life down. You're going to figure it out. And, and, and on that, in that day, it's you're going to spend time with you, God, and perhaps family. You're going to schedule it. Now, 
you heard Pastor Tilden talk about the women's retreat coming up. About six months ago, we adopted a new strategy here. We know that it's difficult for people to slow down and have a retreat. Come away with me, Jesus says. That's a retreat, and I'll show you how to really rest. So once, about once a quarter, we call them starting point events. We're trying to organize, a gift, organize an opportunity for you to get away. So when you heard about the women's, that's a women's retreat that my wife is leading with a whole team, and they're going to put this thing together. It's going to be super nice. It's going to be all about <laughs> ladies getting away with one another and with Jesus and with Scripture to grow. Don't feel bad, guys. We're going to do the same thing. Me and I, pastor our team here, we're going, to lead, we're going to lead another retreat around the same time so that we can get away. You know what we're trying to teach you to do is that we're trying to help you to get in a rhythm of rest and reflection. Come on, say it with me. Say rhythm of rest and reflection. That's what he says. He says so, so that's his point here. He says, so get away with me and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. But then, the next portion of the text suggests, but if you want to steadily grow in becoming closer to God, he suggests you have to learn how to do life with God daily. Look at what he says. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. What's the it? Uh, watch how I do life. Walk in step with me. Work in step with me. And watch how I do. Make me a part of your everyday experience. Do life with me. And then a little later on he says, uh, keep company with me. Oh, I love that phrase. Can you say it with me? Say, keep company with me. Now, if you're not from the country, and particularly the South, you probably won't recognize this. But if you have any Southern roots in you, perhaps this will jump off the page for you as it does for me. When I was growing up, and if I was dating a little girl, say around 14, 15 years old, uh, during the summertime, which was always the best time to date, uh, <laughs> I'd go over to the little girl's house, and we would be invited to sit on the porch. Somebody shout porch. <laughs> you weren't doing anything else, baby. You're going to sit on the porch, y'all. Come on now. And, 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 and so I would drop by, you know, two or three times a week. And we'd be so excited to just sit on the porch. And if you regularly stopped by to sit on the porch, it would be said that the young lady was keeping company <laughs> with you. <laughs> Can't you hear Jesus say, I, 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 I want to come by and sit on the porch of your everyday experience that it might be said that you and I, we're keeping company together. How does one do, how, 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 how does one do life together? Wow, you guys ask such great questions. The first thing is... Uh, Number one, check in with God every morning, first thing. Here's the psalmist, Psalms 143, verse 8. Here's what he says. Watch what he says. He says, let me hear of your unfailing love each morning. Let's stop right there. I, um, 
I had a pastor friend, mentor, Dr. Fred Sampson, who was just one of the great preachers and pastors of the 20th century. He gave me some of his time, and on one visit in Boston, he and I were together, and I asked him, I said, so tell me, clearly this man of great profundity in the pulpit, clearly you've got this deep prayer life. You must be spending hours with God. Tell me, how, how, does, how do you shape that? How does that discipline look? And he said to me, uh, he, he said that he's not opposed to having blocked out times with God. He says he does that. <laughs> this is how he talked, y'all. He said, but I think too much of my God to put him on a clock. <laughs> he says, so here's how I do it. Here's what I do. Watch it. He said, when I wake up in the morning and my feet hit the floor, he said, the first thing I do, I say, I say, I say, I say, hello, Jesus. I say, thank you for waking me up. He said, uh, I say, uh, I am now ready to enroll in the university of your matriculation. That's how he talk, y'all. That's how he talk. That's how he talk. <laughs> and he says, so, 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 so I'm all yours. He says, as I go, show me what you want me to see. Come on, tell me what you want me to say. Uh, teach me what you want me to learn. I'm all yours. I am your instrument. Here I am, Lord. Hmm? Wow. He, he, he says, his, his commitment to Jesus, he, he checks in with God first. And he checks into God's university. You see the different perspective? Well. If you do any science on what we ought to do when we wake up in the morning, you know that there's a lot of concern about people, all of us, waking up. The first thing we do, we grab for technology. You know, the phone. And the first thing we do, we're checking emails. We are checking uh, the Facebook. Somebody making us mad because what they wrote. <laughs> checking email, schedule. Facebook, that kind of stuff. The scientists, social scientists are now saying, don't do that. They're saying that's a surefire way to start your day off badly. The social scientists are now saying, if you want to start off really well, they suggest, here's the word they use, that you start off meditatively. Right? They don't really care what kind of religion when you do religion, like you do yoga or whatever, they don't care. But what they say is to start off meditatively, you know, in other words, find some space for you and, and, and I'm going to fill in the blanks and God. Right? That's what this guy is saying. He says, let me hear of your unfailing love each morning for I'm trusting you by implication with my day. So, Here's what I want to suggest to you in terms of how you do this. Everybody shout devotional. 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 You ought to just have a five-minute devotion before you, even if you're going to grab your phone, grab a devotional app first. Here's one, version. Uh, if you don't have it, just go to, you download this and whatever you got, uh, and you can download it. And they have built-in devotions. And they have a scripture that you can read. They have a reflection on that scripture. And they create a little space for you to talk to God. And if you really want to do it well, add a little notebook, your devotional notebook. That's all you do. And you just simply write down just one or two sentences. God, I hear you saying. Check in with God first. 
And then notice what, the, what he says as he, as he finishes. He says, so, so he says, he says, watch the state of mind. Show me where to walk for the rest of this day. For I give myself to you. Everybody shout, I give myself to you. He did not say, because I have given myself to you. He said, I give myself to you. And what the psalmist is saying is that every day, if I want to have a closer walk with God, if I want to do life with God, I have to dedicate myself to God every morning. My agenda, I dedicated to God. My itinerary, I dedicated to God. My schedule, I dedicated to God. I want God to show up in the details. And I want to see him. I want to hear him. Now, I give myself to you. This makes me think of baptism, actually. And next weekend, we're, we're having our regular baptism. And we have a table in the back. If you haven't ever been baptized, I would encourage you. That's a step of faith I encourage you to take. I was thinking about this notion, giving myself to you. It caused me to reflect on my own baptism 40-some years ago. And, you know, we're going to have, we're going to take you to a local church. There's going to be a nice pool in there. The water's going to be warm. It's going to be great. It's like, it's, like, it's like being dipped in a bathtub, right? That's not how I was baptized, guys. I, I, again, I was out of the country. We went behind Mr. Ben Postel farmyard. There's a little pond out there, y'all. Come on now. We had little handkerchiefs. All of us had little handkerchiefs. And we walk out there, they'd be singing those hymns uh, uh, just like we sung earlier today. Come on now. Uh, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is, is sinking sand. Come on. And then when it was time, they'd lead you out in the water. we walk out there in the water, mud be all up on your feet. Come on now. And, and the water be coming up, be coming up, be coming up. And, and you know, you know, you get, they turn you around. You're between a couple of deacons and the pastor standing there. And you can barely breathe. You're like, oh, my God, what's in this water? I don't know what's in this water. And I was like, oh, my God. And, 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 and you're thinking, like, when he put me down, is he going to, like, get me up? You know? And, and, you know, when they put you down, it's like they hold you there forever, right? And then they got to come up. So, anyway, they dipped me, and I came up, and the mud was slippery under my feet. And I almost fell, but the deacon caught me. He said, I got you. Now. I think about that. I remember the power of baptism. You know why? That was 41 years ago. I promise you, over the years, there have been times when I have wondered, does God got me? Does he have me? Come on. There have been times in my life where I've gotten, I've wandered astray. And I've wondered, I've wondered, I've wondered whether or not, you know, does God claim still have me? And then I remembered that when I was baptized, y'all, they listen, and they, they put me down. What they told me, and the scripture reaffirms it, that when they put me down, the old Herman died. And a new one, come on, united with Jesus arose. Come on now. And, 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 and not only that, but, but, but I didn't just make a claim to him. In that moment, he affirmed his claim on my life. And, 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 that, and, and what he said from that point forward, Herman, I don't care where you go. I don't care where you fall. I don't care where you might get messed up and lost. Wherever you are, my claim got you. So if you haven't been baptized, there's a baptism table back there. You might want to sign, pull out your connection card and look for baptism right on it. It's, it's, check me. I want to make a public witness that I'm with Jesus. And I want the public assurance that his claim will always 
have me. So the psalmist says, I give myself to you. Baptism is the way to do that. I'm talking about what you... uh, So check in with God every morning if you want to get closer. Secondly, if you want to come closer, Jesus says, celebrate your wins with God. Everybody shout, celebrate. You know, the psalm that says, Psalms 150, one of my favorite, he says, uh, praise the Lord. Then he goes on and says, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. What he's suggesting is that, look, all of life is God's sanctuary. And so it's okay to praise him anywhere in life, anywhere in this creation. You're standing on the mountaintop giving some praise. Come on now, you're on your job, you can give him praise. All of life is a sanctuary. Then what am I going to praise him for? Everybody shout, for. Praise him for his mighty works. Or that word better translated, his mighty acts and his unequal greatness. All right, what is he saying? Watch this. Discipline yourself. You know, everybody's talking about mindfulness, mindfulness. So I'm talking about this is mindfulness. Everybody say mindfulness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Discipline yourself that whenever you have a big win, come on now, you got a promotion. Got a job increase, a salary increase. You just fell in love. Hallelujah. Come on now. (laughs) You moved into a new condo. Just got a new car. Whatever whatever you consider a baby was just born. A new grandchild just came into the world. You just adopted a new child. Whatever you consider a win, come on now. Make sure you pause a moment and give God praise. Say, thank you, God. Uh, uh, You, listen, listen, listen. You want to say to God, you are the source of every resource. Thank you. But don't just praise him for his mighty acts in those big things. Do you know his mighty acts are available in the little things? I'm talking about how you get closer to him. So here's, here's, I want you to try this tomorrow when you go to work or if you're at home and you take your lunch break. Get your, get your, uh, your vegan salad. <laughs> your fruit. <laughs> Find your little corner somewhere. Just talk to God. And I want you to survey. I want you to walk backwards looking for things to thank him for. From the morning you got up. I want you to spend, now here's how, here's how it should look. Lord, I want to thank you. Because some of y'all, you're depressed. You're talking about how bad life is. I'm going to help you here. Lord, thank you this morning. Tens of thousands of people did not wake up. You woke me up. Thank God. When you woke me up, I was clothed in my, my right mind. That's old, older people language back in the old day. In other words, I'm in decent mental health. I knew I know who I am. I know where I am. Come on now. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Thank you, Lord. Come on now. I, I, I thank you that I had a closet. When I went to the closet, I had a lot of clothes. I didn't like in them, but I was still full. <laughs> and I could pick. Somebody shall pick. 
Thank you, Lord. I thank you that I went downstairs to eat. I had some honeycomb, some milk. Come on now, some Pop-Tart. Y'all ain't listening. And a little cup of coffee. Thank you, Lord. Some of y'all got even more higher taste than that. I said, no, I didn't. I went down to Starbucks. Somebody said, come on now. Come on. And I paid a whole lot of money. Y'all ain't listening. For some, y'all, come on now. Thank you. of blessings, right? Then you got in a car or an Uber on a bus or in a van, you went to work. And even if you don't like the person working next to you, even if your boss gets on your nerves, thank you, Lord, that I've got a colleague that I don't like and a boss that gets on my nerves. One, that means I got a job, which means I got a paycheck, which means I can pay my stuff. Come on now. And two, the boss that gets on my nerve and the colleague that, that's an opportunity for me to grow more like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> and if you don't have a job, thank you that I have enough strength and energy to go look for a job. Let's give God a hand praise for his mighty acts, for his unequal greatness. Try that every day for the next several days. See how that shapes your thinking. All right. Shout celebrate. Talking about being mindful here. Thirdly, confess your sins to God. Here's Psalms 150. Here's David, you know, David writes this after he, uh, he uh, looks over and sees Bathsheba is married to another guy. She was fine. He misused his authority and his power. Had her brought to him. Slept with her, which was rape and then killed her husband to cover up the stuff. Then finally God pulled the cover up and exposed him. Rather than putting it on somebody else. Rather than saying, well, it was, you know, he had a lousy mama and that kind of affected him. And all that, he goes to God and owns his stuff. Here's what he says. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your... Why, why, why should you have mercy on me, God? Well, I'm, I'm depending. I'm, I'm leaning on because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, would you blot out the stain of my sins? Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sins. Come on now. Uh, for I recognize, shall recognize, my rebellion. Now listen to me, everybody. Sometimes we just make mistakes. Sometimes we make misjudgments. But sometimes, guys, we just sin. That's what he just said. He said, look, I knew what the law was. I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. I knew what was right and, I, and what was wrong, and I just did it anyway. Shout, own my stuff. Yeah, that's how you get closer to God, own your stuff. He says, against, uh, uh, and it haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right what you say, and your judgment against me is just. In other words, God, uh, 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 whatever you say is right. I'm wrong. Now watch this. If you practice owning your stuff with God, you'll know how to own your stuff with your wife or your husband or your mama or your child or your boss, and you want to see your relationship leap to another level of closeness, it always begins with our ability to own our stuff. Shout, own my stuff! Own my stuff. And lastly, all right, check in with God. 
celebrate your wins with God. Confess your sins to God. I'm talking about how to get closer to him. I'm talking about a daily ritual, right? Daily practice. And then lastly, uh, watch this. Process my pain with God. Hmm? Say it with me. Say process my pain with God. I want to see scripture. I'm going to give you three quick things how to do it. All right. Uh, uh, the Psalm, the Psalm 13. Here's what he writes. Tell me whether or not you ever feel this way sometimes. Oh, Lord. How long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way while I'm trying to talk to you? Trying to call you, trying to pray. And you, 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 you're, not, you're ignoring me. How long must I struggle with anguish that's deep in my own soul, the sorrow that's in my heart every day? Look, look what he says. He says, how long will my enemies have the upper hand on me? Turn and answer me, oh, oh God. Will you just, please, God, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get your attention. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I just feel like I'm going to die. Come on, somebody in here can relate to this. All right. He's processing his pain with God. Let me, here's how to do it. Quick, here's a quick insight. Number one, when you process your pain with God, ask Whatever questions you have of God. Doesn't mean he's going to answer them. But there's a blessing in being welcome to ask them. You notice how the, the, his, his, his expression is framed in questions. You remember Jesus taught us this on the cross when he quoted Psalms 21. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of you grew up in houses that told you, you're not, you never ask God, don't question God. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Scripture tells us it's all right to question God. As long as you know he gets to have the last word. All right. So ask your questions. All right. Number two, be honest and state your honest feelings and needs. Do you feel that God has hurt you? Tell him. Do you feel that God has abandoned you? You hear this in the text. Tell him. Do you feel that God has misled you? Tell him. Has God made you angry? Tell him. He already knows, but the relationship grows. Come on now. When you're able to express your feelings. I remember my daughter, Lauren, who's now uh, 15. She's five. We were back in the Boston area, Woburn. She was in my bedroom. And it was a big old beach ball thing, and she was standing on it, balancing. I said, girl, get off that ball. I'm all right, Daddy. Get off that ball. Otherwise, there's going to be a calamity in my room. She gets off. She's off. I said, now go on downstairs and play. She picked up a ball, go downstairs. About three minutes later, I heard, boom. Then I heard, ah! <laughs> I, I didn't even get out of bed. I knew what happened. <laughs> I just screamed downstairs. I said, Lawrence, he's like, ah! I said, Lord, come on up here. And you were here just coming up. Ah! <laughs> she came into the bedroom. I said, come on here, girl. And she, she comes on over. I said, get in the bed. 
And she, she gets in the bed and she snuggles it. I said, what's wrong? She's just snot all over the place and all this. She said, oh, daddy, I was up on the ball. And, and, and Walter, which is I can't, Walter passed by and I fell off the ball. And, and I, I said, what, what happened? What did you hurt? I heard my heart. I said, what well, out? And she just went on and she just went on talking. To, now, now, I didn't even, not one time did I say, I did not tell you to stay off the ball. I didn't say that. You know what I did? Because she already knew that. <laughs> I just let her cry. She asked her questions. She expressed her feelings. And then she did that. I just held on to her. And after a while, the tears dried. You know why? Because there's something about being in daddy's arms uh, with, without condemnation that soothes you when you express your feelings and ask your questions and then after a while it all dried up come on now and she got out of bed and she went running and now she's 15 years old I'm just trying to get you to see that, 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 that every day every now and then you're going to run into some stuff y'all and you're going to fall off the ball y'all and daddy God's going to say come on up here and lay down next to me and let our father come on now rock you when you're weary and hold you with grace and love and mercy and it has a way of soothing the deep soul I'm talking about how to get closer to God y'all don't run from him when you're in pain run to him and then the last deal when you finish laying out your complaints watch it then affirm the blessings here's the psalmist here's what he said in the same psalm psalm 13 look at how it ends verse 6 he says but I trust in your unfailing love I will rejoice because I'm claiming my faith that you've rescued me I will sing to the Lord because he's good to me list your complaints that's okay when you finish with your complaints, don't get up till you start listing your blessings. And I promise you, your blessings will outweigh your complaints. And that won't leave you stuck in despair. Now, here's where I got to end it. And Philippians helps me with this. Watch this. Oh, here it is. Sometimes... You're going to have to learn how to, in prayer, with God, make peace and find your strength. Here's what I mean. Everybody say it with me. Make peace, find my strength. Okay, here's what I mean. Philippians 4. Listen to Paul. He writes, always be full of joy in the Lord. Oh, wow, that's nice. How's that? How does that work? I say it again. Rejoice. Okay. How? Let everyone see how considerate you are. I got that. Remember the Lord is coming soon. In other words, remember, shout remember, remember. that the Lord will have the last word. That's what he's saying. All right. Now with that as my context, don't worry about anything. Watch everything I just covered in the notes. Instead, watch this. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Everything I just covered. Thank him for all he has done. Watch this. Then, everybody shout then. You will experience God's peace. Stop. There's a gap between these two verses. 
He said, thank him for all he's done. Tell him for all your, what your needs are. He did not say, and then therefore he will answer your prayer. He did not say, and therefore he'll give you what you asked for. No, he said, then you will experience God's peace. What happens between the six and the seven? Oh, y'all ask good questions. <laughs> there are some things that will happen in your life, keep living, that God won't change and you can't change. And you're going to have to learn how to make your peace with it. And if you have the relationship that I just talked to about how to build it, you'll make your peace with it. You'll be able to find strength even when God says no to what you want to be changed. Betty Hope was a powerful woman in my life. She's an elder. She prayed me and Rhonda through tons of things back in Boston over the years. Powerful prayer warrior. Had a long list of prayers that God had answered miraculously through her. Ultimately, she was diagnosed with cancer. It came back after being... She'd been free of it for 20 years and came back. The diagnosis was it was terminal. She would die. She called for me, her pastor, to come. I was brokenhearted. Loved her. It's close to her. She said, Pastor, she said, you and I both know God answers prayer. We got a list. She said, but I think his answer to this prayer is no. She said, I don't understand why it's no. But I'm going to trust him no matter what. Y'all ain't listening to me. And so she said, it's okay. She said, so I'm going to get ready. She's made her peace. She said, so now let's plan my program. Because I don't want other folk putting stuff down that I don't want. <laughs> Finding her strength. Y'all ain't listening. So we planned the program. Then her son came in a little later. She said, are you okay? He said, yes, ma'am. She says, okay, because I'm getting ready to pass. She, he said, what did you say, ma'am? She said, I'm getting ready to pass. She, he said, what? She said, in her own way, I said pass. P-A-S-S. -S. <laughs> and a few hours she was gone. But she had the relationship that I described for the last 30 minutes. So she knew that she could trust God in his nose, just like she could trust him in his yeses. Oh, you need to know God like Betty Hope knew him. You need to have the kind of relationship with God that Betty Hope had because inevitably we're going to all run into a mountain that just will not move, but we need to know that God is always in charge and we can trust him in his nose as much as we trust him in his yeses. And in that, you will find strength for whatever the future holds. Give God a hand praise. Hallelujah. <laughs>